Hello and welcome to History for Weirdos. We're your hosts, Andrew and Stephanie. And each week, we're going to take you on a journey into the strange, obscure, and relentlessly entertaining corners of human history. Now listen up, friends, because it's about to get weird. Weirdos, it's your boy Andrew, and welcome to episode number 32 of the History for Weirdos podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited about this one. Stephanie gave me a little bit of a sneak peek on (laughs) what she's going to be talking about, and needless to say, I'm pretty excited about that. Yay, I'm so glad to hear that. I am excited, excuse me, to share as well. Um, Should I just dive in? You know what? Let's just get straight to it. Yeah, let's just get straight to it. So, hi, weirdos. (laughs) This this week, I'm going to be covering the potentially true story of a real-life English witch. No. Soothsayer and prophetess known as Mother Shipton. Oh, wow. I've never heard of her before. Yeah, I had not heard of her either. Um, Was she a good witch or a bad witch? You will see. Oh, man intrigue already mm-hmm. and yeah like i said it's the potentially true story of a real life witch but we will get into that probably more towards the end potentially with an asterisk yeah potentially <laughs> true life story <laughs> so she was born ursula Sutail. i think i'm pronouncing it right um she was known by many names such as the witch of york the yorkshire seer the devil's daughter oh my goodness but she was most popularly known as mother shipton Oh, okay. She was mostly known for two things. One, apparently being very conventionally unattractive. Mm. And two, her ability to see the future. (laughs) Wow, it's crazy that she's known for being ugly. Yes. It's kind of sad. I know. Also, can we just take a moment here and realize that her name, first name, is Ursula? Ursula. Like, the sea witch. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Coincidence? I think not. Absolutely not. I agree. Um, (laughs) So while a lot of accounts of her life are questionable, historians do believe that she was a real historical person due to plenty of records mentioning her. Most importantly, though, including a letter written by Henry VIII to the Duke of Norfolk, where he mentions, quote, the Witch of York. Whoa. So Henry VIII knew of her. Yeah. Who's believed to be Mother Shipton. Whoa, that's so cool. Mm Mm-hmm. So, let me get into this. Uh, Mother Shipton was born, um, you know, in 1488, so a little while ago. Just just yesterday, really. Basically yesterday. And she was born to a 15-year-old oh. woman named Agatha Sutail. Oh my gosh. You know, like, no 15-year-old should ever be having children. Uh, I it's agree. Just, I'm just going to say that. I feel like that's not super controversial. (laughs) (laughs) I think 15-year-olds having kids throughout most of human history is why we're so messed up. Oh, that's so true. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, she was born in a cave in North Yorkshire. (laughs) Oh my god, this is already ridiculous. Yes, it gets... we, We hear more about it. So sources say that Ursula was born during a fierce thunderstorm, of course. Mm-hmm. And that she was born with a hunchback and bulging eyes. Oh, poor girl. Mm-hmm. So when Ursula was born, like I said, her mother was 15 and she was an orphan. Oh, Jesus. Living in poverty. 
who had allegedly engaged in an affair which resulted in the birth of Ursula. Okay. Um, but not just any affair, an affair with Satan. <laughs> okay, I have no words yet. Yeah, just, just continue. <laughs> <laughs> when Ursula was born... Oh, so sorry. I just read that. The true identity of Ursula's father is unknown, actually. Since So ye- I thought you just said it was Satan. Oh, uh, yeah. But the true identity... <laughs> The true identity of Ursula's father is unknown since young Agatha refused to reveal who he was. Being an unwed mother attracted a lot of negative attention for Agatha. And at one point, I believe while she was pregnant, Mm -hmm. she was forcibly brought to her local magistrate and was commanded to reveal the identity of her baby's father. But she still refused to give them a name. Okay, okay. Let's, okay, theories here. What if it was like one of like a really high like powerful person? Uh, absolutely, my theories are not happy. Right, they're yeah. not happy theories. I doubt if it is someone that's in a position of power and she's a fifteen-year-old orphan. I doubt that it was anything um, anything remotely romantic or consensual, or, even. Yeah, yeah, or loving in any way or, or consensual, like you said. And I, my guess would be that she was afraid. Of whoever it was. Yeah, he's probably a very powerful bad man. Yeah. So that's my theory. It could also be, maybe, you know, I feel like less likely. It could be that she really loved whoever it was mm. and wanted to protect his identity. Oh, like the Scarlet Letter. Yeah, possibly something like that. Um, but I do think it's more likely that she was acting out of fear or, you know, something... Uh, potentially traumatic happened to her mm-hmm. um but due to the scandal agatha was ostracized since she refused to reveal wow. the the man's name and she moved into a cave in the woods outside of town which is where she gave birth to ursula and raised her for the first two years of her life wow the cave is reported have reportedly has is very well known for being in the shape of a skull oh my god i kid you not and there's a pool within it that could, quote, turn objects into stone. And of course, this further perpetuated local rumors that Agatha was a witch and her baby was the spawn of Satan. <laughs> yes, I love this already. Oh, that 1488 life, you know? I know. Oh, only good times, right? Only good times only were good had. Times. So the cave is actually known to us today. We know the location of oh, this no cave. Way. Mm-hmm. And it is known as Mother Shipton's Cave. It does, in fact, have a pool in it that can harden porous objects as it coats them with minerals. Wow. It's like a very mineral-rich water. Mm-hmm. This is fairly common in nature, but like... If you put items in the water, or just like if items are in the cave for a very long time, the minerals in the air, it'll just start to harden and crystallize. Right. But of course, back in their time, they, you know, people believed that that happened in her cave because she was a witch having an affair with Satan. Of course. Yeah. As of course one does. That's what that's what fifteen year olds do. Fifteen year old orphans are always having affairs with Satan. Maybe when the satanic the panic was right. Yeah, when will the youth learn? <laughs> so according to 17th century sources, um, after those first two years of isolated cave life, the abbot of Beverly stepped in. And I think it is important to note here that I said 17th century sources. Most of the sources we have 
regarding um, anything to do with uh, Mother Shipton's life are from mm-hmm. later, after her lifetime. Interesting. Um, so the abbot of Beverly came in. Abbot equals head of a monastery. Okay, cool. I'm Catholic, but I had to Google it. I was like, What's, what do the abbots do? Um, we don't really have abbots in the U.S., do we? We don't really have a lot of monasteries. Not anymore. Right. Do we ever have monasteries in the U.S.? Would the missions have been oh, monasteries? I guess. Yeah, like the Spanish controls, yeah. but not from like the English side. Yeah, but I would guess they would have abbots too, right? If the right. abbot is just like head, head monastery dude. I think, yeah. Well, I have no idea. Well, that was his title. Yes, that's what he did. Um, <laughs> that was his job. The abbot moved the two out of the cave and secured Agatha a place in the convent of Saint Bridget while placing Ursula with a foster family in the town of Nairsboro. Mm. It's spelled like Canarsboro. Nairsboro? I like Canarsboro. <laughs> I'm going to go with Nairsboro. Okay. It's probably wrong, but that feels the most right. Yes. <laughs> um, Agatha and Ursula, unfortunately, never saw each other again. No! Mm-hmm. <sighs> so I don't know anything about like why this abbot stepped in you know if he was if it was out of kindness or out of like a shaming thing yeah yeah i'd imagine you know you shouldn't separate families like that but i i wonder if just within the context of their world and their time in history that really was giving them both the best shot at life right um, for the young unwed mother to become a nun mm-hmm. and for the daughter to be with another family. Yeah, that's probably the case. I would hope that was his intention. It's very sad that they never got to see each other again. But again, according to all um, descriptions that we have of Ursula, it appears that she had a large crooked nose, a hunch on her back, and crooked legs. Today, I would hope that these physical differences would be perceived, you know, as, like, medical conditions. Like, obviously, she had something up with her spine. Right, Um, some, like, really severe scoliosis or something. Yeah, and, like, uh, people are born with, like, bowed feet and things like that. And those are things that can be treated now. Right. Um, But in Ursula's world, her differences were constant reminders to the townspeople of the, quote, suspicious circumstances surrounding her birth. Oh, my God. So, aka, they took it as like proof that she's the spawn of Satan. Of course, because she's to them very ugly. Oh, I know, man. That's like such. <laughs> that's just really sad, honestly. Yeah, it re- this <laughs> writing this episode, <laughs> researching it, reminded me that people were really mean. I <laughs> like you're so ugly. You must be a witch. Yeah, I as a kid liked watching The Hunchback of Notre Dame. The Disney movie, but my parents would not let me watch it because I would cry. <laughs> like, I liked watching it to make myself cry as a child because they were so mean to Quasimodo. And I was like, it's not fair. I know, he can't control it. No, and he was so nice and everything. So I, uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame and Dumbo were banned in my house because, because I would cry too much. So this this, this is why this is why I married you. This is why I'm a therapist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, from what we know, it seems that she was accepted by her foster family. Like, oh, that's I think, cool. I think it was a that's good home. Good. Again, we don't know much though, but she was not treated well by others in town. 
So similar to her mom, she reportedly spent a lot of time in the woods, and she used that time to study plants and herbs. Nice. So those that's like her, her origin story. <laughs> okay, as one has, yes. And um, But eventually, you know, it does take a nice turn. Ursula okay. married a local carpenter Aww. named Toby Shipton at the age of 24. So he didn't care that she was apparently butt ugly? I guess not. <laughs> I guess not. Or that she was the spawn of Satan. Or that too, yeah. She took her husband's surname and became known as Mother Shipton. And the townspeople, speaking of what you were just alluding to, were shocked at the marriage and spread rumors that Ursula had bewitched him because why would he marry her because she was so ugly? (laughs) (laughs) People are so messed up. People are horrible. So at this point, Mother Shipton had become well known as an herbalist. Um, Mm. You know, so he was a carpenter. She was an herbalist because she spent so much time studying. That really doesn't help the whole witch... That's thing. true. Yeah. She was embracing the aesthetic, maybe? Yeah, maybe. She was just going all in. But about one month into her new marriage, oh, there's no. a really weird story. Okay. Um, that I was like, what the... I couldn't find, co- like, context for it. You know, like, modern day interpretation. Just everywhere that I researched just reported the story the same. So I was like, okay, I, I guess I'll put this in there. Um, but one month into her new marriage, a neighbor came to Mother Shipton asking her for help. She said that she had left her door open while she went out, and a thief came in and stole her new smock and petticoat. I think a smock is like an apron almost. Mm. Mother Shipton calmed her neighbor and told her that the thief would be revealed the next day. Wow. So the next morning, um, Mother Shipton and her neighbor went to the market. And apparently, Uh-oh. the woman who had stolen the clothes put on the smock and carried the petticoat with her in one hand. And many people witnessed her marching through town until she reached these two women at the market. When she arrived and saw Mother Shipton and her neighbor, she went up to them dancing and singing about how she had stolen the items. She then handed the smock and petticoat over, curtsied, and then left. Like, what? Uh, I... What? Isn't that weird? That's so weird. That reminds me of, like, our Dancing Plague episode. Yes, so it... Thro- hashtag throwback. Throwback, if you haven't listened to it. That was, like, episode three, I think. Yeah. So it was a while back. But isn't that the weirdest... And no one, like, explained it or, or said, like, yeah, we think this is, like folklore or whatever it was just, <laughs> They're just like, like matter of fact yes it was everywhere i found it it was reported very matter of fact so i get like it sounds like there are plenty of people witnessing and who knows right things get embellished over time right but that's the story that we have that mother shipton was like don't worry the thief's gonna be revealed and then she revealed herself in like a very theatrical way in front of everyone hmm. isn't interesting. that interesting right well, I guess if you're going to get caught, that's like one way to get caught. Yeah. Well, I think the, it's not that she got caught, right? Right. The she, thinking is that Mother Shipton put a spell on her and she confessed. Of course. You didn't catch that? No, I did catch okay. that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was very well aware. I was concerned for a second. So Mother Shipton then became a great resource for the town providing her herbal remedies and potions and she began to gain a lot of respect from the people in town respect so things were looking around right, right. things were turning around she is married and i think it was like 
a marriage of, of love. Wow. And okay. now she's gaining the respect of the people in town who've always feared her and ostracized her due to her physical appearances and the circumstances surrounding her birth. Quick aside, mm-hmm. do you know where ostracization comes from? Is it the Romans? No. Is it the Austrians? No. Is it the Greeks? It is, but which Greek city? Um, I think of like the most famous one. Uh, Troy. That was not a Greek city. Sparta. Good guess, so it's the second. Athens. There you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I always tease Andrew that he's so annoying. He's like the dad in my big fat Greek wedding. <laughs> like, he, <laughs> like you mentioned literally anything and he's like, Oh, the Greeks thought of that first. The Greeks. Or the Romans. Yeah, or the Romans. It's very... It's... Or like sometimes it's the Greeks and the Romans just made it better. Right. This is so charming. So Thank... charming. So charming. Yeah. Thank you. You're so welcome. And you're so welcome, listeners. Yes. Now you know. <laughs> now, now you know. Well, back to Mother Shipton. Of course. Unfortunately, just two years after that um, weird like petticoat incident, mm-hmm. <laughs> in 1514... Her husband, Toby, died, and rumors quickly spread that Mother Shipton had caused the death. She was heartbroken by the loss of her husband and the cruel rumors that started up about her again. Yeah. So she moved back into the woods, into the cave where she was born. No. She moved in there, like, voluntarily. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, There, she continued to create potions and remedies... She became more and more well-known for her skills again, and soon people from far away would travel to get help from her. Damn. I really don't understand, though, the motivation to move back into the cave other than to be away from people because people suck. Like, why not build a house in the woods? Why a cave? she didn't know how to build a house. I don't know, but like, caves don't have doors. No, it must have been really cold, too. It must have been so cold, because this and is England. England. Like, this isn't, like... It's not you know, L.A. Yeah, and even in L.A., like, it this would be freezing, really like, in the winter. I don't understand. Okay, as everyone else in the country laughs at us. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, it's been, like, in the 50s some days, okay? <laughs> yeah. Maybe, really... like, I think at one point, like, at night, it was, like, 49 degrees at That's 1 in the morning. basically freezing. That's basically freezing to us. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what ended up happening. At least she continued... You know, with her herbalist life. Herbalism. Yeah. Um, But as her popularity grew, right, Mm -hmm. more and more people are like, wow, this lady, she's got the best potions. She's got the best remedies. You should go check her out. She got that potions, yo. Yeah. You should go check her out. She lives in this cave. It looks like a skull. She's weird, but she's cool. (laughs) She's weird, but she's cool. That that might describe us. (laughs) They're weird, but they're cool. Um, So as her popularity grew... She revealed to folks that she could see the future. No big deal. Also, can she drop some like Bitcoin, <laughs> Ethereum prices for me? You know, like I'd have to explain to her what cryptocurrency is, and I have to explain to her what computers are, and then the electricity <laughs> and the internet. Yeah, electricity, the blockchain. God. <laughs> okay, we have. A, okay, maybe it'll be worth it though. Yeah, I'm sure it would be worth it. Yeah. Um, so she made prophecies of the town and its people. And it's, you know, reported that all of her prophecies came true. No big deal. Yeah. So, NBD. Mm-hmm. So it is said that um, she predicted, like a very famous prophecy of Ooh, hers, nice. 
was the death of Cardinal Wolsey. Oh, snap. He was a Catholic bishop, and he was Henry VIII's personal chaplain and Lord Chancellor. So Wolsey will do a little bit of like um, context into him and his role because it makes the prophecy that I'll share make more sense. Mm -hmm. So Wolsey was initially highly favored by King Henry VIII and enjoyed a ton of power and freedom. Um, I think he focused a lot more on like running the country basically. And he had the power of the church and then he had the power of Henry being like, yeah, do whatever you want. I just want to party. Um, but so he like Henry VIII loved him until, until he wanted to get that divorce until Wolsey could not negotiate the annulment of Henry VIII's first marriage with Mm. Catherine of Aragon. Um, Wolsey, I think was like, I think he tried to talk him out of it for a while. Right. But then he was still on Henry VIII's side and went to the Pope and really like made a, a case for him, I guess. But since he failed, Henry VIII, um, fell or yeah, Henry VIII stopped loving him. (laughs) 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 That's basically it. (laughs) He stripped him of his power and banished him from court. Damn. That's a fall from grace. Yeah, so Wolsey retreat. I don't think Wolsey was like a nice dude, so whatever. But he retreated to York to work on his actual like ecclesiastical duties, Mm -hmm. like to actually do his job. Um, But he was, I think, not too long after summoned back by Henry VIII to answer to allegations of treason, and this was the charge that Henry VIII often used with people he grew bored of. Man, Henry VIII, honestly, he was such an asshole. He really was. I really don't like him. I, yeah, he. the more you, like, read about him, like, obviously his, like, six wives is, like, that's, like, infamous, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, just beyond that, he was just such a piece of poop. He was very, very, like, I think most kings throughout history probably have been very self-centered, very narcissistic, very petulant. Yeah. And it was basically, like... He did this to a lot of people who raised him, who were close to him. They like if they didn't agree with him anymore, he's like, "Oh, treason. We'll kill you." Yeah, you're like, "Okay, h- hold on here, buddy. Like, <laughs> haven't you ever heard of like discourse and dialogue?" Like, no, he was not down with that. <laughs> um, but on his way back to Wolsey, on oh, nice. his way to the trial to mm-hmm. answer cuz he's like, "Okay, I'm going to go and answer to these allegations of treason." He died. In the carriage ride, seemingly of natural causes. Okay? Keep that in mind. Okay. So, um, there was, like I said, a prophecy that Mother Shipton made about Wolsey, and it involved his death. She made a prophecy essentially about Henry VIII and Wolsey and all of that stuff. So, according to Wolsey's usher, um, which I think is like his assistant... Right. And then later, the bi- his biographer, George Cavendish, Wolsey, near the end of his life, was disturbed by a prophecy he had heard, which was... Sorry, guys, it's going to be like old-timey talk for a second, but <laughs> the prophecy was, there is a saying, quoth he, that when this cow rideth the bull, then the priest beware thy skull. So often, when Mother Shipton would have visions... She wouldn't see, like, faces or names, but she would see their family heraldry, 
which is oh, like yeah. they're animals, like they're symbols, basically. Yeah, well, the sigil. They're sigils. Yeah. They're fa- like in Game of Thrones for all of <laughs> all of us who want to know what that means. Um, so from that lens, the cow is Anne Boleyn, and um, the bull is right Henry. The bull. Yeah. Oh my god. Is Henry the <laughs> Eighth? Um, and the priests. Beware thy skull mm. is the death of Wolsey and lots of other uh, priests, unfortunately, um, because their marriage marked the beginning of the dissolution of monasteries where King Henry VIII took down all the monasteries and convents in England. Many priests, both religious and secular, lost their lives for pressing against the laws made to limit the Catholic Church's power. Oh, wow. Yeah, so the Catholic Church... You guys, I went to Catholic school, full disclosure, they were wrong in, <laughs> in m- most historical situations. I get that. But he, like, he, tr- he, like, mass murdered, just, like, humble, you know, like, local oh, priests yeah. and stuff. Which, and those, those, they're, they're not popes. Yeah. Like, they're not. People who, like, were feeding the, their local poor and things oh, like that. God. That's horrible. He burned libraries. Oh my, like, you're never, if you're going to burn libraries, like, you're not, like, one of the good guys. You're You're a quote-unquote baddie. Yeah. And not, like, a baddie as in, like, a a hot person. Yeah. Like, you're a bad person. Yeah. No, (laughs) you're never on the right side of history if you're burning books and things. Um, It's a freaking idiot. (laughs) Yeah, but that's, like, a huge one of her prophecies that, you know, seems seems to have come true. Right. Um, She reportedly also predicted the invention of iron ships, the Great Fire of London in 1666, and the defeat of the Spanish Armada. Yeah, that would be Henry VIII's daughter, Elizabeth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? That is very interesting. So these are, those are prophecies we believe that she made in her time. Um, but one of the mo- most famous of her supposed predictions includes this well-known rhyming phrase that I think has often been referenced throughout literature and things like that. Um, the world to an end shall come in 1881. Mm. That was like her prophecy, alleged prophecy of when the world would end. However, this prophecy was never heard of or published until 1862. And so she lived in, like, the early 1500s, so... Timeline's a little off. Timeline's just a wee bit off. So at this time, though, when it was published, like, it was published and spread around, thousands of people across England and Europe were really freaked out (laughs) that the doom, you know, end of days was coming. But a decade after this prophecy was published, so 1872, about... Um, some dude came forward, Charles Henley, and he's like, oh, yeah, I made it up. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. I just thought it would, like, be a good seller. So. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, he was just like, oh, this is a cash grab. Sorry, guys. Yes. But then he must have felt bad because he's like, wow, people are really scared as this date gets closer. I should probably yeah. tell them it was fake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but oh. even after this confession, there would be plenty of fake Mother Shipton prophecies found and published, even like in the 1920s, people were saying. Oh my gosh. 1920s, people were like, oh yeah, these like never before seen prophecies. And it's always about the end of the world. Right. Of course. Um, but it's important to note that as far as historians are aware of, Mother Shipton herself never wrote down or published any of her predictions. Oh no, they're all word of mouth? Yeah. So it's likely that many of her prophecies, 
were constructed after her death to add to the lore of Mother Shipton. Oh, man. Which is why I was like, potentially true. Like, there's so much folklore right, around surrounding her. this woman. Right. Oh, that's so oh, frustrating. Yeah. And then after that, kind of like after the the Wolsey, Henry VIII predictions and like the prophecies that I mentioned, I couldn't find almost anything else about her or her life. Um, and I could only find one source that reported on her death, which said that she died of natural causes in 1561 at the age of 73. Oh my God. Isn't that weird? That's really weird. Mm-hmm. The earliest account of Mother Shipton's prophecies was published, like the first published work that we have, mm-hmm. in 1641. Oh, wow. So like 80 years after her death. That's the next part of the sentence. 80 oh, wow. years after her death. <laughs> wow, yeah, really it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. The story is the documentation of Mother, Mother Shipton's life was recorded by a woman named Joanne Walker, mm. who knew her as a young girl. And heard her stories. Right. And transcribed them, like, from memory. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, like, it's there's a possibility of it being actually legit. Yeah. Okay. We don't know. I don't know anything else about this Joanne Walker or, like, what her deal was. But that's where we have the original, like, mm. documented sources. Aside from that letter of Henry VIII mentioning right. her. And in the, con- I guess I should share the context of why he referenced her. Oh, Again, yeah. it was... Um, after Henry VIII was like, I don't like the Catholic Church anymore. I want to have my own church and marry whoever I want. And then other nice. people were like, this is a big change for us. We are upset, right? Um, right. So it's kind of a big deal. It was a big deal for a lot of people. Not including- unprecedented because there was like Lutheranism already like happening, but kind of a big deal though. But for a king to separate from the church. Yeah, that was a huge deal. Um. So again, he had written to the Duke of Norfolk because I guess in that area... He was really upset that there had been an uprising, including other nobles, mm. had, um, you know, kind of had a riot against Henry VIII. Oof, yeah. And Henry VIII was requesting to speak to the witch of Yorkshire. But that's it. We don't know if they did or... Oh my Isn't God. that weird? That, that would be crazy. That's like the only record we have. Like no one else wrote like, oh yeah, they met. It was a good time. They had tea. She just, said she said this stuff. Just that like he requested to meet her. Yeah, he was like he, like 500 years ago. He wasn't it wasn't a polite request. He says something like grab the witch or whatever, <laughs> oh bring God. her here. He's such a twat. <laughs> yeah, he really was. Um so like I said, while the prophecies attributed to Mother Shipton are not all historically accurate. You don't say. Yeah. We are certain that this woman lived mm-hmm. and that she made an immense impression on the people around her through her herbalism and her predictions. Oh, nice, nice, nice. And a fun fact that I thought folks might like to hear is that you can visit the cave where she lived. Yeah, yeah. And it's actually England's oldest tourist attraction. For hundreds of years, people have traveled to see the cave where she was born. And as I mentioned before, the cave's water has a really high mineral content. And so you can turn things to stone there if you want. Tourists will leave items in the pool and come back and grab them once they're like I want to go. Yeah. Um, lastly, if you find yourself in Cane... Na- what did I decide to pronounce? Na- like you drop the K. Naysboro? Yeah. I think that's what I said. Uh, yeah. Naysboro, then you can go to Market Square, 
where that weird dancing confession happened. Yes. And there is a statue of Mother Shipton there. Oh, that's so cool. And you can also Google her. There's tons of artist renditions of what they think she looked like. And she really, the uh, descriptions of her really resemble uh, in Snow White when the beautiful queen turns herself into the ugly witch. It looks just like that. Mm, like, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So that must be where they got that imagery from. Right. So that is the story of Mother Shipton and the power of prophecies, both real and fabricated. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those 19th century ones sound a little bit sus. They sound a little bit sus, I agree. Yeah. Especially when people are like, oh no, I made that up. I just thought it would be fun and make me money. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. That was quite interesting, actually. I'm glad yes. you thought so. Oh, yes. and my sources for this episode, there is a website called mothershipton.co.uk. She has, imagine explaining to her that she would eventually have a website. Yeah. She'd be like, what? What? What does <laughs> Spider that even mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then weirdhistorian.com. Oh, wow. Thevintagenews.com and Wikipedia. Because of course. Because of course. Yes. So that is the story of Mother Shipton, everyone. I hope you enjoyed. Woo! I actually, I really did enjoy that. I'm so glad. That was. I, I know. I. It's funny when we like tell each other stories mm-hmm. that we had never even heard of before. Yeah. Like I was not even aware this this person ever existed. Mm-hmm. I was actually researching or, or trying to find information on another witch that I oh. may eventually do an episode on. But her name popped up, and I was like, oh, I've never heard of this person, and just decided to do an episode on her. That's really cool. I like that. I'm glad you thought so. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I think that wraps it up for this week. Yes, it does. Thank you all for listening. Yes, thank you, guys. And you can keep up with us at uh, the History for Weirdos Instagram account, which I believe is just at History for Weirdos. Yes, and uh, as always, please, what do do we want them to do, my love? We want you guys to... (laughs) subscribe and rate us on whatever podcast listening platform you listen to us on. Yes. And if you are an awesome weirdo, which there are many out there who've already done that, we thank you so, so much. Please feel free to share any of our episodes with someone who you think may enjoy them. It really helps us um, get new folks to the podcast. And we always appreciate the support and these the episode suggestions and the feedback you all are amazing yeah you weirdos are wonderfully weird and we love you all (laughs) well i think that's it for this week and until next time weirdos thanks weirdos